Hi, I'm Parvin, and I'd like to invite you to join me and my psychedelic sidekick, Dr. Gonzo, on a musical exploration here on And This One's Introduced By on community radio station 3CR. Dr. Gonzo, and this one's introduced by is a 60-minute program where we listen to tracks from an album introduced by the artist who made the album. Thanks for listening, and this one's introduced by genre drifting flow state pop melds with classical Indian raga melodies, soul and jazz all anchored by Parvin's ethereal, inimitable vocals, nominated for ARIA 2022 Best World Music Album of the Year. Her debut solo record, Saar, draws from a broad palette of styles and moods, from garage-esque bounce to 808 bass, layered loops and virtuosic vocal improvisations. Best known as singer in cult, psychedelic, vintage Bollywood-inspired band The Bombay Royale and touring globally since childhood with her father, Dia Singh. With influences from Bjork to Anoushka Shankar, Parvin's music is immersed in a reflective world of different cultures and perspectives. Further info on her website, parvin.com. Parvin joins Dr. Gonzo to present the songs from Saar on And This One's Introduced By on Community Radio 3CR. I've been in the music industry for the past 30 years, first starting singing with my father, Daya Singh, and we would travel all over Australia and then over to North America and Canada as well, performing Sikh religious music in music festivals and at different world music festivals as well and different cultural venues. So it's um, something that I've been doing for a very long time and has developed over the ages, I suppose. And then it was in 2010 that I was part of forming the Bombay Royale, which was a psychedelic Bollywood-inspired, vintage Bollywood-inspired band here in Melbourne. We had a great time performing at local venues all over the place and then also went over to Europe, played at Glastonbury and WOMAD UK, played at some festivals in Germany and in France, in Zaget Festival in Budapest. So it was a really um, great time of exploring and having a really fun time. If anyone's seen the Bombay Royale live, you know it's a very energetic performance full of lots of dancing and bright colours. But I always wanted to do my own musical project, my own Parvin project. So when I was in high school, I did some demo recordings with a local producer in Adelaide. I grew up in Adelaide. And I kind of, it was a mix of pop, a bit of country, my own songwriting. I've been writing songs since I was 12, mostly in English. My mother tongue is Punjabi, um, but 
for me to express myself authentically, um, English is the main language that I use to do that. But then musically and rhythmically, Indian music is what um, I'm most comfortable in. And so what I've wanted to do with this album, Sa, um, which is my debut solo album, was to mix that Indian melody and rhythm, but then to sing in English. So I have spent a lot of time really fine-tuning what that's meant. And I think I've kind of enjoyed the fact that I've, even though I've been being a musician for so long, that it's kind of got to a point now where I feel like I can authentically tell my story um, after having, I'm now a mother. And so the experience that I have had in life, I think has helped me kind of bring together this debut album in a way that I'm really proud of. Uh, So during COVID was when I made it. And originally when I was going to be doing this album, I wanted to do it with a live band. So the idea was to have a few different musicians that I love around Melbourne, get them all together in a room and kind of jam it out a little bit as well to bring the songs, but to have them interpret it with me. But then COVID happened and it turned into more that it became a produced album. So I worked with a producer, Max Dowling, aka Yeldebert, and he was really great in um, respecting my experience as being an artist, um, but then also brought a lot to it as well. So we worked very well together in him being able to um, translate, I suppose. I wrote a lot of the songs on my loop pedal, just using my voice. So I had a very kind of... um, There was this music in my head that I couldn't find anywhere. And I think it was that mix of South Asian flavor with English, which there have been many artists before me that have done an amazing job. People like Nitin Sawney, Sheelan Chandra, um, who have inspired me. But there was still this music that I wanted to hear in my head. And I just felt like, okay, well, I have to make it then if I want to hear it. And if I want to hear this style I a lot of people ask me what the genre is for example and it's hard to say because it kind of mixes all of my experiences of growing up going to folk festivals but then also really liking pop and R&B and electronic music so I yeah would make the songs on my loop pedal mostly with my voice with my um, making the beats and then Max translated that into Um, producing it with Ableton and things like that. Um, The first track on the album is called Jara and it really showcases that loop pedal aspect of it. So I've actually recorded my voice as being the main rhythm of the track and I've layered the Indian rhythms and then also um, humming as the base of it and then I improvise on top of it. Jara is a South Indian goddess who, if you ask Indians about her, they've forgotten who she was. And so I found her when I was doing a theatre show with some other friends in Pakistan, and she is considered the goddess of old age and wisdom, but in some situations she's also considered a goddess um, that 
uh, wives, housewives and mothers would pray to for well-being in the household. The story is that she started as a cannibalizing demon and there was this king who wanted to have a child and he had two wives and neither of them were giving him a child so they went to this saint in the forest and the saint gave a fruit to the king and said give this to your wife and she will conceive and then he very sneakily thought okay well why don't I split it in half and I'll give half of it to one wife and half to the other wife and so they'll both have children and so he did that and it ended up that both of the wives um, birthed half of a child each Okay, so it didn't quite work out the way he wanted. And so they threw the bones and the blood and the body of these two half-children into the forest. And Jara was attracted by the smell of the decaying flesh. I'm sorry if I'm giving you too much information about this, but this is, this is the story of Jara. So, and so she comes and she comes to the forest and she then has this overwhelming sense of love and through this love she brings the both halves of the child together and then that's why she was worshipped as the goddess of domestic health and well-being in the family. So I just loved this story of, you know, this being which has redeemed herself in this act of selfless love. Uh, and I just wanted to go as far back into my ancestry and my culture and my dreaming and the song, the song lines of of my yeah my heritage and just pick her out this story and this character and then bring her into the modern day so that is Jara
We're moving to track two, which is called What You See. I made this track with producer Joel Listics in Melbourne, and it was one of the first songs that actually came together for the record. We invited um, violinist Eki Veltheim to come in, who I'd worked with in previously in another project. And so he's the violin part on this, and we had a really fun time, especially the part that has the sargam, which is the Indian melodic scale that we use. And so there's this breakdown in the middle of it that uh, Eki really enjoyed doing as well. I think it was a challenge for him. So his part in this song, I'm very grateful for. I went into the studio with Joel with nothing prepared. So we wrote this together. It was a very much a collaboration. And I think it's one of those songs that have, the meaning of it has grown on me in time. Um, sometimes you write things that you're not quite sure where it's going, but it kind of all came together. It's about different perspectives on life. We all have our own experience of a situation, for example. Um, everyone has, there's two sides of every story. And if we can openly communicate and share with each other our experience of things, then maybe the world will be a better place. So it's about just really opening up and, and trying to see someone else's perspective to get along better. This is what you see. Tell me what you see. Tell me what you see.
different picture in the frame. Moving on to track number three, it's called Are You My Love? This was also another collaboration with another producer, Bob Knob from Hope Street Recordings. Bob, I got to know while being in the Bombay Royale. He was the original bass player in the Bombay Royale. And we've always been very, very close. Um, When I was writing this record, I was part of a songwriting group where every week I would get a word sent to me and I had to commit to spending at least one hour in that week writing a song with that word in mind. I can't remember what the word was for this song, but I remember it was one of those songwriting moments in that songwriting club and I, t- and I took the word to Bob and I thought we could try together to make it. Again, it has evolved from what it began to where it is now and I love that about songs. It's just some of times it, it comes very naturally and it just comes out as a complete form of a song. Other times you have to work at it and you edit and you kind of fine-tune things as you go And so Are You My Love was that. It's a song, it's the hookup song on the album. It's for that moment in your life where you're friends with someone and you want the relationship to go that next step, but you're not sure if they feel that for you and you're not sure if you want to mention anything because you you don't want to ruin the friendship by asking, you know, whether they feel those romantic feels for you. So I figure that if the friendship is strong enough, that even if you did say your true feelings, that it would be able to survive it. So you're always better off asking, are you my love? It's also one of my favorite ones to do live because I get the audience to sing along with me. It's just four words on one note, are you my love? But there's lots of different forms of love, right? So sometimes it can be simple like that, just the four simple words. Other times it can be a little bit complicated, which is when you get the um, melodic version of I am my love. And listening to the crowd sing that live or try to sing that is so much fun. So that's definitely one of my live performance highlights is singing this song. Holding back from you I 
conversation what you want for real Let me know the motivation, tell me what you feel You're listening to 3CR, and this one's introduced by Parvin and my album Sa, which means to breathe. This track, Anchor, is probably the oldest of my songwriting that's on the record. I said before, like, I've been writing songs since I was 12, but now in my late 30s, this is my debut solo album, so I've had a lot of songs to choose from. This one I wrote um, after having a conversation with one of my friends who was going through some really hard times and dark times and was uh, thinking about giving up and, and taking their own life. So it's a very sentimental song for me. I do encourage anyone who, if they're feeling those things, that there is help out there. You can call Lifeline. The song when you hear the beginning part of it there's actually some morse code in there and that is um, spelling out the word help and also the number for lifeline so there's some quirky little things that I've put in the album in that way with this song I you get to the bridge part of it and I say the words there's nowhere left to go and I remember being in the studio at the time with Max and we were trying to think of how we can, I guess, express that there's always somewhere left to go. And we decided to put a key change on the record. Um, it was really one of those great moments of, am I going to put a key change on the record? Yeah, I'm going to put a key change on the record. And, and we did it. And there's also some rhythmic variation. I just kind of wanted to make sure that even though um, I'm expressing a very kind of difficult and emotional thing that there is always hope and yeah representing that on the record was important to me that there's always somewhere left to go sa like I said means to breathe and sometimes just taking that next breath and focusing on that and focusing on just taking each moment at each at all times Just, um, yeah, focusing in on that and to keep going. This is Anchor. Anchor. 
Song number five is Something 29, and I wrote this song with Max in one of those moments when, because we had done a lot of the album online. We met on Zoom every Monday. We continued through the lockdowns. We kept meeting, and there's Audio Movers, which was another program which let us hear each other in real time. But then there was the break in the lockdowns at one point. And so it was the 29th of August and we decided to meet and not have anything prepared, just come into the studio. And it was kind of, um, yeah, a record. We we called the track Something 29 in terms of how it was like a working title. And we wanted to just make, yeah, this song that we hadn't seen each other for so long and we're finally in the same space, in the same room together. And it that title just 
stuck and it's one of my favourite songs on the record. This is Something 29. track is Irka. Irka means jealousy. And again, being in COVID, I remember looking at things like my Instagram or my Facebook and seeing people in other parts of the world not being locked down and that feeling of jealousy that was just so hard to deal with. But then also, apart from that, sometimes I feel like social media, especially creates these feelings when you see other people maybe doing well and you try and compare yourselves to them. I wanted to really figure out what 
jealousy was and why we felt it. And so I asked the question, Iruka, kyunai, jealousy, why have you come? Um, I also mentioned some other words in Punjabi, and they come from the Sikh faith, which I come from. And I mention kam, krod, lob, mo, hankar, which is the five, I guess they're not vices, they're things to be wary of that the Prophet Nanak speaks about. So it's anger, attachment, ego, excessive lust, and um, materialism. And I also have added to that Nindia and Chuglia, which is gossip and slander. And I, yeah, I, I kind of was thinking about jealousy. Where has it come from? I was thinking about things like rejection and how having been rejected in the past, how that could affect you in a way which then sparks these feelings of insecurities and um yeah, so I wanted to be able to add as much of my Indian heritage into this album as I could, as well using Punjabi words. And so this was one of the opportunities that I had to do that. Itaka. Nindia jagali hoar vika Kaam krod lob mohanka Nindia jagali hoar vika Remembering times when I have stumbled over words in my head Nervously misrepresented what I would have meant
Hi, I'm Parvin, and you're listening to And This One's Introduced By, where the artists introduce tracks from their album here on 3CR. So this is the start of the B-side of the record. Um, for me, it was really important when creating this album that I was thinking about it as a, a full concept album. It was always intended to be um, pressed on vinyl and that be the full experience of it. So the start of this side, it's it's very upbeat track. Um, Damage Inside is the name of it, though. So it was, I kind of um, have that mentality of uh, it's not such a happy song but if we kind of put things in a happy light it makes the bad not feel so bad or something like that <laughs> so damage inside um there was a tour that I did in North America with my father and it was really really difficult I was falling in love with one of the musicians that were in the band at the time and my dad wasn't very happy about that so it was um a struggle and I then went to India afterwards. At the same time that that was happening, the music that I did with my dad was very controversial in the Sikh religious world because we were doing religious music but then had non-Sikh musicians that would join us on stage and also we were performing the music that would traditionally be sung in the Sikh temples in festivals outdoors there would be people dancing and drinking to it which is something that the fundamentalists of the Sikh religion um, were not happy about so we went to India at the end of this tour and we had death threats and things like that which was pretty hard to deal with at the time uh, and so but then after we finished the tour with dad I go to India to study Indian classical music and also Kathak dancing, which is a North Indian classical style of dance. And in this track, you'll hear towards the end of it, the bells. Um, and also, because when you're learning Kathak, you learn how to speak it, or the and that's actually what I also dance with my feet. So I wear a hundred bells wrapped around each ankle. And so in the track, you'll hear me speak them and then you also hear the sound of my bells that we recorded in the studio as well so that's just going to India and dancing my hat up and using art I suppose as a way of therapy and to get over those things that had happened that I needed to get over.
On the album, I also wanted to add little bits and pieces. This is Interlude 96, which has a few different meaning um, moments for me. Uh, I wrote it with one of my greatest um, rhythmic uh, inspiration in Australia. His name is Greg Sheehan, and he's very much into different rhythmic patterns, and as am I. And so it's uh, 96 beats that we've split up into 6 and 13s. So I think there's two 6s, a few 13s, and then it ends with a 6 as well. And it was just something that we were jamming with. Um, But also my grandmother, she had passed away uh, at the end of 2018 at the age of 96, and I was invited to sing the Indian National Anthem at the Boxing Day Test at the MCG. And she had passed away the night before. So I got the message that she died at about midnight and then I had to rock up to the MCG at 7 o'clock in the morning ready to sing the Indian National Anthem. Now, I was born in Australia, so I had to learn the Indian National Anthem for this gig. And you can imagine being MCG, it's like telecast all over the world. The Indians are super crazy about their cricket, so I really didn't want to stuff it up. And my grandmother was my last remaining ancestor who was actually born in India because my parents were born in Malaysia. And so it was quite a moment for me that that moment because it wasn't I wasn't going to not do the performance. So I, I rocked up and did the performance and it was this... The start of um, some mental health issues for me that um, I ended up in hospital months later, but like something clicked in my brain that day and um, I wanted to, I guess, immortalise it in some way and recognising it and that was Interlude 96 on this record. During COVID, I think one of the things that I realized was how little I need to survive in life and that just being 
living in a simple way with my husband and my son, eating simple food. We were safe. We were comfortable in our little house. Um, and just waking up next to someone who would whisper in my ear that they love me, that that was enough. This is whisper in my ear. Whispers in the morning Tell me what you're gonna do It's enough just to be You tell me that you love me 
So do you know how before I was talking about that moment where my brain clicked <laughs> and months later I ended up in hospital, I did lose sight of reality for a moment there. So um, Cross the Line is the name of this song, which, yeah, is literally about that, me kind of clicking over into this world of psychosis for a while. Um, bipolar runs in the family and I didn't know that I had it until this moment and the support that I had from my husband was incredible and the people that are closest around me so I have been able to get over that and manage it in a way which I can still do the things that I love and know and see the signs earlier so that I don't cross the line into that that space of of dream time which um, my brain is capable of doing this is cross the line
So we're getting to the end of the record. Sa is the title track of the album. Sa, like I said before, means to breathe, but it's also the first note of the Indian melodic scale. So the way that you use Do Re Mi, the sophilage system in the Western, we use Sa Re Ga Ma Pa Da Ni Sa. So I saw it fitting as being the name of my first record, Sa, the very start. When we begin our practice in the Indian realm, we start by just singing sa, that one note, and holding that one note for as long as you can. And so this, yeah, is about, again, breathing and just focusing on that breath when all else fails, just focusing on the breath. Um, And I felt like it was one that helped me get through COVID as well to just really focus inward when we were not able to be out and about. Um, I invited beautiful Bansuri player. Bansuri is the Indian bamboo flute, Vinod Prasanna. And so he starts this song. It's based on, loosely based on a rag Basant Mukari. And it's the same scale, modal scale, as the first track on the album, Jara. I, again... There are so many. I love all of the songs on this album, but this one is also a very special one to me.
We finish the album with another short interlude or an outro, I suppose. It's called The Sun. My son's name is Ravi, and Ravi means the sun. (laughs) And so on this song, you'll hear his voice when he was eight months old. And it was recorded during the vocal sessions of the last Bombay Royale album. So when we were in the studio, I, Ravi was, yeah, he was eight months at the time and I just got Bob 
um, to record his voice and I used that. So it's a nice kind of little tip of the hat to the Bombay Royale and the records we did there. Um, but then also kind of this new space that I'm moving into creatively with this solo project. It also features my husband, Josh Bennett, on the sitar. And right at the very beginning of the track, um, I recorded the birds that were outside my window. So you're actually hearing the birds at 4 a.m. in the morning. And I got up in the morning with my little Zoom recorder out there recording them and added that into the track. And then Josh playing the sitar and then Ravi, eight months old. And that brings this album to a close. Thank you so much for listening to this album. Um, I am looking forward to sharing more of my music. So this is definitely the start for me for what this solo project is. And I have recorded some more music in Canada recently, which I'm looking forward to sharing. You can find the album through my website or through Bandcamp. So Bandcamp Parvin, P-A-R-V-Y-N dot bandcamp.com thank you so much for your support and for 3cr and for dr gonzo thanks for having me today and yeah thank you for listening thanks for listening to an episode of and this one's introduced by i'm dr gonzo and i'll be presenting another artist with another album next time on this one's introduced by catch you next time I hope you enjoyed this week's program with Parvin introducing the tracks from her album SAR. You can listen back to the broadcast on the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au backslash introduced by. I recently watched a rather disturbing documentary called Poisoned, The Dirty Truth About Your Food. And at the end of the film, I heard a track called Flesh and Bone by Black Math. I thought you might like to hear it too. Thanks for tuning in to And This One's Introduced By with Dr Gonzo here on 3CR.
Seeds I've sown 